the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Monday, July the 13th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1099, Crusaders launched their final assault on Jerusalem. Today in 1787, the Congress of the Confederation adopted the Northwest Ordinance. It established a government in the Northwest Territory. Now, when we think of Northwest Territory today, well, that would be perhaps in Canada, but Northwest today would be Washington, Oregon, Idaho. But back then it was not. It was the Midwest and the Upper Midwest. That was as far north and west as they cared to think about at the time. But it's interesting because in this um, in this confederation that was adopted, there it, it, there are explicit rules for governing and for limiting slavery and for basic Christian values to be implemented into that government. And that was a while after we had declared our independence and the nation of America was being built at that time and, and created, as as you know. So it's very interesting to see how they saw this new government, our founders, saw this new government functioning out there. It was very explicit. It's something I would love to talk about. We don't have time today, but it's very, very interesting. But anyway, that happened today in 1787. Today in 1863, deadly rioting against the Civil War military draft erupted in New York City. It was put down by authorities three days later. Today in 1965, President Lyndon Johnson nominated Thurgood Marshall to be a U.S. Solicitor General. Now, Marshall became the first black jurist appointed to that post, but two years later, Johnson nominated Marshall to the U.S. Supreme Court. Today in 2005, a suicide bomb exploded in a car next to U.S. troops. They were handing out candy and toys in Iraq to kids and teenagers and so on killed more than two dozen of them, including 18 children, teenagers, and one American soldier. And five years ago today, Barack Obama made a big deal out of this. He called America a nation of second chances. He then cut the prison sentences of 46 inmates. Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, in verse 7, he says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. I want to talk to you a little bit about lawlessness and consequences. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, he said, and I quote him, Good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which, a few months later, you may be able to go on to the victories you never dreamed of. An apparently trivial indulgence in lust or anger today 
is the loss of a ridge or a railway line or a bridgehead form, which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. Somebody has said, people of thoughtless actions are always surprised by the consequences. We're experiencing the consequences of some really crazy decisions in America today. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best, she says she sees it coming. Many cities are already experiencing it. As smug, misinformed, virtue-signaling Pharisees serving as mayors and city council members across America continue to show, show their virtue by severely defunding police departments or even discussing doing so, crime is surging in America. I know that's not surprising, but... The statistics bear out what you and I have been thinking. It is not just in Seattle and Portland, and which has become famous now for that. But Seattle's police chief, Carmen Best, says Seattle is moving toward, forward on a 50% reduction of the police force without even the benefit of any kind of planning. In fact, so many people there are upset, some on the left, no less. They're trying to recall Mayor Jenny Durkin, and a judge over the weekend approved their petition. So they're going ahead. They get, need to get 50,000 signatures. And I thought, well, that must be some Republicans or something. But no, no, it, it isn't. I mean, there may be some involved in it, but it's being led by the left. And she is kind of a leftist banner carrier. But they're going to cast her aside because she didn't handle what the left wanted to do properly. Well, I agree with them. I mean, good luck. But they'll just elect another person like her, who's probably even further left, if that's possible. But Seattle's police chief, this Carmen Best, she said we're moving forward without even a plan. Some cities are already experiencing massive increase in shootings, while police, policemen, are backing away. They're saying, no, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what to do. There's no leadership. This is the perfect storm for those who seek to make remake America. Barack Obama was one of those in the presidency of the United States. He always talked about remaking America. And he would proudly announce, we're making progress. We're remaking America, etc., etc. So we live, we live in a time when there's all kinds of ideas, but nobody's giving any thought to the consequences. And we've raised a generation who probably believe there are no consequences. I mean, hey, whatever. And it isn't necessarily their fault, although I'm not absolving them. They need to get with it, but they've been indoctrinated. Perfect storm for the people who hate America, want to remake it. Explosion of violent crime. In fact, it's so much so that the Wall Street Journal expressed their concern as the editorial board put together an article over the weekend, they expressed deep concern about crime, about shootings, and they weren't going after guns. Nobody believes that guns are the problem. I mean, some say they do, but they don't give it any thought. If you were going to go down that track, cars would be a problem. People get run over by cars all the time. we got to ban cars. I mean, there's it's endless, and it's it's craziness. But, of course, that fits into the culture somewhat today. But it isn't the guns that are shooting people. It's 
the people that have the guns in their hand. And that's the problem. Because if they don't have a gun, they'll get a knife. I mean, that's proven out by statistics. But there's been a denial of consequences to all of this craziness from the left. The conservative has a sense, particularly Christians, no question about that, but the conservative has a sense that if I do this, this might happen. But I am convinced, and I've watched these people for years now, I'm convinced that many of them, the thought of a consequence has never crossed their mind till after the fact. And as I said, those people are always surprised by the consequence. Wow, how did this happen? Well, it happened by your decision, you know, six months ago. Life has consequences. Decisions have consequences. The Wall Street Journal said over the weekend in this article they published, law enforcement officials in several large U.S. cities are wrestling with the sharp rise in violent crime amid a national debate over the role of police, calls to reduce police department budgets, and growing fiscal problems. I would suggest that there are probably people in all of these cities who are saying, hey, let's go with the Black Lives Matter. Let's get rid of the police. Let's cut the police because we got this big deficit. I could see that happening in Olympia. I could. Or Salem or Boise or whatever. I could see that. Saying, yeah, let's use this to cut some money. Man, we, we can't pay our bills anyway. But some cities... The Wall Street Journal says, are on track to have their most violent summer in years, and they are. For example, Milwaukee, very liberal city, homicides are up 37%, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 37% this year. They're on pace to break an all-time record of 167 back in 1991. And that included 16 murders by convicted serial uh, murderer Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember him? Homicides so far this year in Chicago are ahead of the pace 2016, which marked the city's highest number since 1996. In New York and Los Angeles, they've been the numbers, they've seen numbers of homicides growing uh, or failing of going down each year till this past year, and now killings this year is up 23% and 11% res- uh, respect- respectively. Kansas City, Missouri. They've recorded 99 killings since January, way ahead of any record in the history for the first six months of any year. Milwaukee Police Chief Morales, he says, we had a series of events that many of us probably never experienced in our lifetime. He said, it's a perfect storm. Who could have seen it coming? Well, everybody should have seen it coming. You can't condone and bless what these people are doing in the streets of America, in the cities, And then say, oh my, how did this happen? But that's the culture we live in today. That's why we need direction. We need a lamp to light our path. And we are walking in darkness. And we are walking in ignorance. And we are walking in denial. The journal identifies a number of other cities experiencing the same thing. In fact, they talk about Chicago having 27 homicides over the 4th of July weekend. Well, over this weekend through last night, 60 people were shot in Chicago just this weekend, and the, the Wall Street Journal published their article, so they didn't even get this statistic in there, and this is beyond what they were reporting. Through last night, 
60 people were shot, 13 fatally, in Chicago. And they've got this mayor, this Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And I've listened to her, and boy, she's way out there. I mean, way out there. Far left. She makes Bernie Sanders look like a conservative, almost. ABC 7 in Chicago is reporting, first fatal shooting took the life of a 15-year-old kid Friday afternoon. Five other teenagers have been wounded. Sixty people were shot, 13 fatally, over this weekend in Chicago. It's amazing. In New York, there's a story out there this morning. Last night, last night, a one-year-old boy was shot to death last night at a barbecue in New York. I mean, a bunch of other people were shot over the weekend. But this kid was one-year-old sitting in his stroller while his family was having a barbecue, and somebody shot him. They rushed him to the hospital at 1130 last night. He died. Three others were wounded. Fifteen people were shot during a 15-hour period yesterday in New York City. That's what's going on in our country today. And it is the consequence of wrong thinking and wrong beliefs. I know there's always been crime. I understand that. But it is out of control because these people have sat back and they have applauded and called Seattle as an example. They have called these people that are demonstrating and marching in the streets and carrying on a summer of love, Jenny Durkin. No wonder she needs to be recalled, but she'll just be replaced by someone like her. A conservative, even a moderate, could never get elected as a mayor or even probably a city councilor. I mean, it just doesn't happen because there's too many of the other side, and they they think that changing the face and the name in a certain office will make a difference. It won't. It has to, there has to be some kind of belief system that, that creates good results, not bad results or consequences. And that's what we're dealing with in America today. Journal, the journal talked about Chicago a little bit more in a broader sense. They said their, their shootings, are up and, and murders, homicides are up 125%. Philadelphia, 2014, 1,047 people were shot at the current rate. The journal says, the Wall Street Journal, the city will have its highest total since 2007. This pattern is developing all across America. While crime rates are soaring in these cities, the morale of the police officers are plummeting. You can imagine. If you were a police officer, and maybe some are listening today, God bless you. But if you were a police officer and you're not, would you want to get up every morning and put on your armor and your your gear and everything and go out there knowing that the mayor of your city doesn't support you and is trying to cut back on the force that you're a part of? They don't believe in law and order, really. They may give some, you know passing reference to it, of course the morale is low. And you go out there and put your life on the line every day trying to maintain law and order, and the people you work for don't even believe in what you're doing. Law enforcement officials say they're weighing the risk of aggressively informing the law, and they're looking at the backlash, and they're looking at these activist protesters. You always hear this word when they're reporting on the news, 
the local news all over the place, and I follow local news in a lot of towns. They're always saying, well, the peaceful protest last night was mostly peaceful. It wasn't mostly peaceful. They're burning buildings, tearing down statues. They're doing, I mean, they're doing harm to people's businesses. They're trying to erase our history. Boston police are are investigating right now the deliberate setting on fire of a statue of Virgin Mary outside a Catholic church in Dorchester neighborhood, New York. This man tried to set a church on fire in Florida the other day. I mean, they're not mostly peaceful. They're mostly destructive. The Boston Fire Department's investigative unit said one or more unknown suspects set fire to the plastic flowers that this statue of Mary, the mother of Jesus, was holding. They poured lighter fluid on Mary, trying to set her on fire. I guess she's concrete or some kind of casting material. She wouldn't burn, but they defaced the 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 statue of her. I mean, mostly peaceful? I don't think so. Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, he tweeted this this morning. I'm quoting him. It's a great church, 30,000, 40,000 people. I don't know. It's a large church. One of the largest, if not the largest, church in America. He's a great guy. He's very close to Trump. He gives Trump a lot of counsel, and Trump asks for it and receives it from him. But Jack Graham said, as I said, I'm, I'm quoting him on a tweet this morning. It's just a short time ago, like an hour or so ago. He said, as I said in an earlier tweet, the left is coming after Jesus and the apostles next, not the statues, but the historic faith of Christianity. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at it right now. It is before us. Ray Kelly, New York City's former longstanding police commissioner, he says that we're seeing a backing away of police for the reasons I said a few moments ago. He said it's a lot more dangerous to become a police officer now. Carmen Best, Seattle's chief, she says the the proposed 50% cut in the police budget will result in the loss of 1,100 employees, which is 50% of the total workforce, and the reason being is that most of the police budget is personnel. Chief says there will be hundreds of fewer officers responding to calls. She said, but I think the plan, the plan they're talking about is a rather loose term. She said they haven't got a plan, talking about the city that she works for. She said all they've shown us is they want to re- reduce the budget by 50%. I think that's the height of recklessness for them to disseminate public safety for the city of Seattle without being thoughtful and encouraging public engagement on the issue. There is a spirit of lawlessness sweeping this country, but the, the left and the people that are not that do not have a relationship with God, do not embrace the word of God, they don't even see that. They All they're beginning to see now is the consequences of decisions that they've been making all along. It starts in the classroom, and for a couple of generations now, we've been indoctrinating our children, the Barack Obamas, all of these people on the left, whether they're president or a peon, it doesn't matter. But these people have been telling kids, your kids, and probably their own, that America's bad, America needs to be remade. And this isn't something that I was able to uncover by doing a lot of research. They say it all the time. Anybody that's paying attention knows what the motive is. 
what the agenda is. And that's what we're facing today as Abraham Lincoln stood his ground back in his day on the issue of slavery. And believe me, he had friends around him that were saying, you know, Abe, you're not going to have much of a political career if you keep making these speeches like Dred Scott and all of that. He said, I can only do what I can do. And I have to say these things. I have to try to make America better because slavery is wrong. And if we keep doing this, Lincoln said, we're going to suffer the consequences in America. Slavery is wrong before God and before men. And we know how all that came out. People hated Abraham Lincoln. They still do. Even people that should be embracing him, they hate him. Because there's something that's all-encompassing. It's just, it just brings people into this spirit of lawlessness. Because there is no accountability. There is no sense of rightness and wrongness. It's just impression driven by rage or whatever. Ignorance. And that's the day in which we live. You say, boy, Gary, I, I mean, that's really, I don't know if I'm going to face the day today or not. But let me tell you, there is hope. There are some things happening across America that are very, very encouraging. Every church that's doing these online, that I've been following, and I've been paying attention to a lot of them. Every church that's been doing these online services, because we have the Internet now. A generation ago, a decade ago, a couple of decades ago, this wouldn't have even been possible to do what churches are doing now. Churches are holding the services. People are in their homes going on, you know, online and watching their church service. Pastors are going to their empty congregations whether or empty buildings, and whether their congregation is, you know, two or three hundred or twenty thousand, they're standing there in an empty building because that's where they have their equipment and everything, and they're preaching. They're conducting a service. The church basically has been forced out of its buildings out into the culture itself. And what's happening is there are new, not a new message, the message of the gospel is the message of the gospel, but there are new ways of, of taking this to the people. And there are more people attending virtually online these services than ever before. And pastor after pastor after pastor are reporting this because you can tell how many people are watching when you're online. I mean, you, they have ways of measuring that. and These churches are measuring it. And maybe they had a thousand people in their Sunday morning services. They'll now, they'll now have four, five, six thousand people watching that same service and nobody's in the church building. I'm not advocating against church buildings. There's obviously a place for them, but I'm just telling you in what looks evil and what is actually a part of an evil consequence because people are, are rebelling. There's a spirit of lawlessness in our world and in our culture. Yet God is working through that. My grandson sent me, a, one of my grandsons, the oldest one, he's preparing for the ministry, going into the ministry. Great, great guy. Great kid. I love that guy. Love all my grandkids. But he sent me an article. The Los Angeles Times published it. And there's these people meeting on the beach at Huntington Beach in California. That's in Orange County. And they're out there. They just feel God called them to do it. And there are other ministries joining in. And they're preaching the gospel. And they're telling 
these people that are coming to these services, and I, there's pictures of them. It's amazing. I mean, it started out with hundreds, and now it's going to thousands. They're getting saved. They're baptizing them in the ocean, and they're saying we would do this in the church building, but the church, but we can't meet in the church building, so they're meeting out there in the open air. And hundreds and hundreds of people are getting saved. The same thing is happening at the intersection where George Floyd lost his life with a guy who had the police officer that had his knee on his neck. There are people getting saved there. They've even set up a baptistry there, and they're baptizing people on this street corner in this tank. Who would have thought that? What I'm saying to you is that we we can become so discouraged and so overwhelmed by this spirit of lawlessness that is pervasive in our land, and we need to elect leaders that understand the importance of law and order. It's a biblical thing. It's not a political thing. But at this, at, at this time, when we don't have that, the president obviously is doing what he can and certainly has stood for the church. But in these cities across America, well, they're following these crazy, destructive paths of so-called progressivism. There is a growing movement out there that is bringing people to Christ and bringing people to new life in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, these kids on the beach down there, and they're, they're young adults, they're telling these people, now that you're saved, what the Lord wants you to do is go out and share the gospel with everyone. And they have a goal now, a goal to reach 50,000 people during this month of July with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When's the last time you saw that happening in your church on the pews? I'm not being critical. I'm just asking. See, God God is not bound by the lawlessness and the chaos of our culture. And God is doing some terrific things right now. But he's doing it in the midst of disaster. The word that Paul used to the letter of Thessalonians sometimes is iniquity in some of the Bibles and some of the some of the versions and other is lawlessness, but the word actually, the Greek word actually means lawlessness. There's this mystery of lawlessness. It's acting without law or restraint. It's not simply a rebellion against the rule of man. It's a rebellion against God himself and the authority of God. These things do provoke God's wrath. They, it does bring an, a reaction from God. But we're seeing a reaction in that people are taking the gospel and taking the message of the gospel to places where they would not perhaps have been motivated to do so before. But sometimes circumstances when they're pressing and difficulties are, are putting pressure on us as individuals. We, we look at things differently. We see more clearly what it is that God wants to do. And I'll tell you, God is doing something, even though the spirit of lawlessness is rampant in our nation today. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he that is in the world is losing the spiritual battle on many fronts today. And we need to keep that in our mind and keep it to the forefront because there are some really good things happening for the kingdom of God for eternity. And we'll keep try to keep you abreast of that as we go forward. Thank you for your support. We need it. These are difficult times. We need you to stand with us. Thank you for doing so. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.
888-900-0009. If you feel what we're doing is worthwhile, please support us. And again, thank you in advance. I'll see you tomorrow.